0: Hi guys, welcome back to the Aswill and Josh show.
1: Episode number 11.
0: Yes, sir.
1: Here we go. Yeah, it's been uh it's it's fun diving into this topic we've been covering. So, uh we well, we're going to do a continuation today of of some of the topics we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes. Yes. Right? Um and in particular, this is the stages of repair business growth. Absolutely. Right? Um So, we'll do kind of a a quick recap of what we talked about in the last episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, And then we'll dive in deeper into this topic. And then again, you know, this is the Ask Will and Josh show. So, we're going to answer an audience member's question as well. Um, So, remember, you know, if you're out there listening, you enjoy this, Mm -hmm. don't hesitate to leave a question. Go on the website. Right? Click the big orange button that says submit your question. And if we select it, there's a special prize for you that we do, uh, you know, on the back end for you there. But it's important because if, if there's a question that we think is relevant to the rest of the, our repair community, we definitely want to address that and help you and help the rest of the community as well. So don't be shy. Ask your questions.
0: Exactly. I hope you guys have been enjoying the, uh, the series because this is part three yeah. of the series that we've been uh, discussing, which is the stages of business. So today, what we're going to be talking about, Josh?
1: Today is stage two. Stage so two. we'll
0: do a real cap uh, oh, real quick. Two. I yeah. said three, yeah. three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because
1: well, technically it kind of is, right? So we'll do a recap. So we, we call it the five stages of – of repair business success, but we created a stage zero as well. So we'll start there real quick. Mm-hmm. Stage zero is ideation because uh, throughout the years and up until today, we know there's a lot of people who are in other industries, working a job somewhere that might've stumbled across this as an idea of a business to start. Right. So we call it the ideation stage because it's an idea, right? Yes. So you got to flesh out that idea to make sure it makes sense. And it's something that you really want to do. Exactly. So we call that stage zero,
0: right? Which is so, where most people actually get started. Yeah,
1: right? of course, yeah. no matter what business you overstart, yeah. you always start at ideation, right? It's an idea, and then you got to flesh it out to see if it makes sense. You run numbers, you run, you know, whatever it is exactly. that you're trying to do, whether it's software, whatever it is, right? You, you, you prove it out. You got to prove out the model to see if it even makes sense for you to commit mm-hmm. to one of the next stages that we get into. Mm-hmm. So, the first official stage mm-hmm. is what we call the entrepreneur stage or the solopreneur stage. Right. And there's two distinct uh, sides to this. And one of the things that's important that we cover is. Each stage kind of identifies itself through revenue as well as uh, resources that are available to you as far as people goes and kind of what your business looks like. So that's whether it's number of employees, number of people on your team, number of locations, uh, whatever that might be. There's some unique things that we see that um, accompany all these businesses that we've developed ourselves throughout the years, helped our students grow, right. uh, coach people through, right. And that's how these five stages have came about. And we've seen this actually not just in the repair business, mm. but in many other industries as well. right. So stage one, we broke that into two distinct stages that we've seen in our space throughout the years uh, because really it's kind of a zero to ten thousand dollars per month covers stage one uh but inside of that 0 to 4000 usually is kind of a side gig sort of individual yes. right so kind that of a might
0: a side hustle yeah it's, uh, yes it's kind of a side that's, hustle that's that's the right terminology <laughs> to use right, right that's right. big right now right right, right the hustle right, yeah side the side hustle. hustle get
1: yourself a side hustle
0: which which what is great about the side hustle is i think why a lot of people are attracted to the side hustle is it's, it's it's extra income, right? So it's extra mm-hmm. cash flow, right? Which, which is probably the main reason why people are in it, obviously. But also the flexibility. That's With, that's what, it. What yeah, the that's, side that's hustle allows two. you to do is have flexibility. You can work when you want to work. right? And how great is that? And that's sexy, that is right? Sexy. Uh, it's
1: sexy to be able to do something that you enjoy doing, exactly. right? That you do on your own terms, yes. when you want to do it, yes. or how you want to do it, yes. where you want to do it, exactly. right? And make the money that you want to make, whatever yeah. that target is for yourself. Exactly. So that's, that's the definition of a side hustle. And that's the left side of the uh, stage one that we call, mm-hmm. right? So, again, that's usually 0 to $4,000 a month, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's you doing it, you know. Actually, that's all part-time, mm-hmm. right? No matter what you look like, whether you're flipping phones or whether you're doing repair as a service or right. whatever that might be, right. 0 to $4,000 a month usually is the left side of stage one. Right. Uh, biggest challenge there? Time, time right because yeah. you're trading your time and you're going to run out of time to trade exactly right exactly. bottom line yeah the right side of the equation of stage one is self-employed so now you've made that's the tipping point where you are done dipping your toes in this thing right and you done jumped off the edge of the cliff and you're full body in right nosedive you're in this thing 100 percent. Right.
0: and you realize that it works Right. Like a lot of times at this point, you've come to the conclusion that there's something here. That's right. This looks good. There's something if I if I put more resources, more time into right. it, then what it should equate to is more revenue. That's right. Right. So you, you're moving. You're it's more of a commitment, as Josh said, we're, we're committing to just us uh, in this stage. Like it's just me, but I'm committing to more of that with my time and my resources.
1: Right. right? Exactly. And, and typically you'll have uh, four to ten thousand is what we've seen. Uh, pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Right, four to ten thousand dollars a month in revenue is usually what you're generating. Mm-hmm. Um and again, you're a solopreneur. Your biggest challenge at this stage is leads. Yes. Right? You're having a hard time generating enough leads that you could potentially sell to. Right. Right? Because you're getting started, you're wearing all the hats, you're trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. So again, you know, we're just kinda skimming over the surface. If you want to dive deeper into each one of these, go back and listen to the last couple of uh show episodes where right. we go deeper into these and we talk about that specifically so if you feel like that's something that you're interested in or that defines yourself and you want to know more about it go back to episodes eight and nine yes check it or out nine and ten check it out yeah eight nine and ten the listen last, to all the, the episodes the last two episodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen to all of them exactly exactly uh so in this one today what we're going to do is we're going to dive deeper into stage two right so stage two is what we call the new employer stage the new employers right so you're no longer solo Right. You Maybe you got a business partner on board, you know, maybe, however that looks, but you've made a hire. Mm-hmm. So now you've got a team of two to three people, right. right? This is the epitome of I am committed. You probably have a store right. at this particular location, you know, however that looks. I really haven't seen anybody do a, a, a mobile business mm-hmm. like this yet unless they're using a fleet of vehicles that they own or control. Right. But usually the other side of this that lets you know is – usually you've got a little more skin in the game, mm-hmm. right? It's not just time because right. now maybe you got some lease, you had to go out and get some equipment, whether that's you know uh, a fleet of vehicles, whatever that is. Got some employees. Right, some and you've got employees. Right. you got other mouths to feed besides mm-hmm. your own, mm-hmm. right? Now you're responsible. You're a parent. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for other people. Exactly. Right? Exactly. People are counting on you to be there tomorrow. Exactly. Right. Right. I'm looking up to you to show me the way. Exactly. What are we doing? I'm here to help you accomplish your goal. How are we going to do it? Exactly. And I trust that you're going to take care of me as far as doing what you agreed to, and that's keeping my check what it needs to be every month, exactly. or communicating to me exactly. about it if there's a problem. Exactly. Right. So more risk. Yeah. Significantly sure. more risk, but yeah. also more rewards. Reward. Exactly. Right. So exactly. typically at this stage, what we'll see is one to three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars in annual revenue. Mm-hmm. Right. And again. I see many independent repair shops fall into this. Right. Nationally, there's about uh, what do we say 1.7 million businesses across all industries that fall into this category. Right. Um, and again, you know, it's two to three people. And your biggest challenge at this particular stage, sales. Mm-hmm. Now, let's back up and see what that actually looks like.
0: Well, let, yeah, let's let's uh, let's 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 understand what sales actually means.
1: exactly so yeah i want to i want to unpack that unpack a little that. bit that's the right? i was looking for. yeah let's i know i can see that. you digging <laughs> I, I can see let's you let's digging let's for it so i want to unpack that a bit right, because right. what we identified in the last stage mm-hmm. was leads are your problem right right so what's the difference between a lead and a sale exactly so let's kind of talk about that right? right a lead is an opportunity mm-hmm. so think of a lead like someone calls the phone mm-hmm. right that's a lead you yeah. get a phone call that's a hot lead right yeah. or someone submits an inquiry on your website right that's a lead. Yes. Right? That is not a sale because it hasn't converted to money. Right. Right? A sale is where you actually convert the transaction. It becomes an actual transaction where, you know, even if it's a dollar, right? But you have exchanged money yes.
0: for a product or service. That is a sale. So so a lead is an opportunity to convert a sale.
1: That's right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Right. And the reason why this is the biggest hurdle. Is because, guess what you got to do? You got to be consistent with your revenue targets, man. Right. Yes. Month after month, because guess what? The bills. You're responsible exactly. for people. <laughs> the bills. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You have more responsibilities. Yeah. So what I see a lot of stage two businesses make a mistake right. is mm-hmm. they don't know how to become a sales-focused organization. Right. right. And that's what should happen at this stage is you really need to start honing in your sales chops, right? right? Whether that's sales scripts, whether that's training your other employees, sitting down, coming up with ways to sell, Mm -hmm. right? So when someone walks in your store, if you have a store, right? Good job. You converted the lead to a hot lead. They're in your store. How do you make sure that they don't leave without spending some money with you?
0: It doesn't get any hotter than that. Right. Like the hottest the lead could be is, is standing right in the store that you pay for. Exactly. They can't get any hotter. Exactly. So it's time for you to convert at this point. You have to convert that to a sale. Absolutely. Right.
1: So your goal is to make sure that that person does not leave without spending some money with you. (laughs) Exactly. No matter how small. Exactly. Right. No matter what it is, you need to be able to convert that sale. Exactly. So one of the other reasons that this is a challenge is because this is early in the game where Maybe you don't have things systemized yet, mm-hmm. but you really got to start thinking about what it looks like to systemize your business. Right. So whether that's scripts. Right. Right. I remember uh, back when I first started in, in the repair store business back in 2008, yes. this was actually one of the very first things that we learned to focus on quickly was we have people in here. Right. So, how do we convert on a consistent basis? Right. Right? Because maybe I'm good at converting a certain type of customer, and maybe you're good at converting a certain type of customer. But between the two of us, we're not consistent. Exactly. Right? Maybe one of us are outshining the other one. So, we got to figure out ways to be consistent in those conversions. So, that's where good sales scripts come in, right? Sales scripts aren't just relevant for the phone, even though you should do those for the phone as Mm -hmm. well. They're very relevant for when people walk in your store, right? You should have a way of greeting them. Like for us, we always said, make sure you greet the customer within 20 seconds of walking in the store. Even if you're tied up with someone else, you make sure you greet them, let them know you're going to be right with them, right? right? Then you got to have a way to convert them. And it's not always like going straight for the jugular for the sale, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a process to this thing. The other thing is you got to make sure you understand how to upsell, right? Right? Because just because you sell something to someone doesn't mean that you don't push the ticket to be higher. So you're maximizing your profit on that particular transaction.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Josh, why don't you give us an example of, a, of, of one? Because I'm sure you, you, you've experienced that before where you have done, say, repairs, because we're right. talking about the repair business, right? What goes with the repair that you can upsell? Give us an example of an upsell on, say, a repair. Yeah, right?
1: man, there's a lot. Right. There's a lot. So I'll give you an example of some of the things we used to do. One of the easiest things to do. And we started teaching this like six years ago or right. something like that, right. if not longer than that. Right. But tempered glass right now. Like if you're in the business, you're gonna be like, oh, that's obvious. <laughs> it didn't used to be so obvious. And if it's not obvious to you. And, and, and please keep in mind, like we deal with. Uh, you know, students and people in ideation stage right. from all over the world. Right. So just because something seems obvious to you in your market doesn't right. mean that it's obvious to someone in South Africa or into Iceland or something like that. Right. Which is why we got to cover these things. But tempered glass is a very, very and back then it wasn't just tempered glass; it's a screen protector. Right. right? If you came into a repair shop with a broken screen, mm-hmm. you know what the easiest upsell is? Hey, Let me get you to protect this screen right. we just spent money and time repairing for yeah. you. Right. So that's one of them. It's
0: that pain point. Right. For sure. Customer just experienced pain having downtime or time away from the device that they value very much. Right. right? And so what you're trying to do is tap into that pain and say, hey, let me alleviate some of that for you by giving you this upsell on a screen protector. Exactly. That's the perfect time. Exactly. You know what (laughs) it is? It's
1: the same as when you go into uh, uh, the it used to be Incredible Universe and then they changed to uh, Fry's Electronics. I don't know. It's here in the U.S. I don't know. I've never seen them, actually, in some of the other countries I've been in. Right. But, man, these guys are experts at the upsell. Right. Right? So let me kind of give you an example of the way it works. Right. So Fry's Electronics is an electronic reseller. Mm -hmm. Right? And a lot of times they have open box stuff. So if you return it, guess what? They don't necessarily just liquidate it the way, like, some forward retailers like a Best Buy does. Right. They'll put that used product right back on their shelf and say, hey, this has been open. This is an open box return. Open box,
0: yeah. Open box. Right.
1: But you can get some killer deals on some stuff at Fry's Electronics, right? right. And they carry all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what they did—that's super smart—is they make you walk through the daunting maze of upsells,
0: right?
1: Right. So you're going through a maze of, you know, uh, gum sticks and candy and <laughs> SD cards and right. CDs right. and books Very and like headphones, man. Yes. And it was long, like literally. You would stand in lines. They would cattle trough you through these lines, right. like herd you, mm-hmm. right, back and forth through a maze. And left and right, there is nothing but last-minute give-me items, right. right? So whatever you came in for, maybe it was a, a $100 hard drive. Right. Man, it's hard to get out of there without buying, you know, an iced tea right. or, you know, a bag of a, a bag of chips right. or you know, a yeah. pair of headphones or I mean, whatever you, it
0: is. You see it all the time. I mean, you see it in the most, the most consistent place you ever see it is like at the grocery store, right? Right. You go buy the milk, but on your way out right there in line while you're standing waiting – there's right. chocolate looking you in the exactly. face. Exactly. Right? Or That's a little candy the toy. They exactly. get me like that all
1: the time because my daughter sees the toys. I had to buy a Pez dispenser at the store the other day, exactly. right? Because she saw the Minnie Mouse Pez. Exactly. So I had to
0: get Pez. Exactly. Upsells all the time, Upsells right? Upsells all the time. You're being upsell when you don't know sometimes that you're being upselled. Right. So pay
1: attention to these things, though, because they work. Right. And, you know, there's a little bit of a – I went around – my back to touch my nose on that one, but yeah. I want to kind of really explain well, to you the concept like of, the understanding, concept of how, understanding.
0: How important it is and how powerful it actually is and how people leave a lot of money on the table by not doing effectively upsells.
1: That's right. Right. So for an example, right, to dive deeper into that, and I'll give you some other examples of good upsells, right? Uh, but the, the reason that's so important is because it increases your margin without very much more work. Right. right? So if you're do- if you're a service-based business, which yeah. is what this repair business is, yes. right? Again, we like to use the rule of thumb that you know your cost of goods should be about 30 percent right right so it should be you know maybe 30 bucks is what it's costing you for your screen and, and your labor or whatever right. on a 100buck repair right. right just rule of thumb right not always that sometimes it's way less sometimes it's way more mm-hmm. but if I can buy a, a, a screen protector for a buck or right. 80 cents right. and sell that for 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 dollars right so your cost is a buck Right? right? Man, look at the way you just increased it. You just took that $70 repair and you added on an extra, you know, 10, 20, $30 of pure profit. Yes. Even if you just go with 10 bucks right on a 70 buck repair, yeah. that's well over a 10% increase, right? right? For what? For just Asking the question, would you like a screen protector? Right, You just push that $70 sale to over $100 sale. Yeah, just boom, like that. just like that. Just like Easy that. peasy, man. Right. So this is why it's important, right? So screen protectors aren't the only thing, though. There's a lot of other options. I see a lot of gas stations now. And in your repair shop, you should definitely have these. You have unique accessories, right? right? Charging cubes. Exactly. You know, the little uh, cords, right? right? Charging cables. Yeah. You know, headphones, obviously, cell phone cases. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole black hole of inventory you can fall into if you're not careful with this. Right. So you gotta, you got to be very selective in the things that you do choose. But, again, we're using this as an example of how to push sales. Right. And with that being said, again, the focus for your organization, you need to be a sales-focused organization. Right. Right? So at this point, it's not so much about understanding the technical how do we do a repair on a phone. Right. Your focus needs to be, how do we push sales, right? right. How do we increase the average ticket? How do I make sure when a customer comes in, we have a way to convert them into, well, when a lead comes in, excuse right. me, they'll have a way to convert them into a paying customer almost 100% of the time, right? right. Another one that we've mentioned before in another podcast that's overlooked all the time in this space right now is phones, Right, right? Yes. Sometimes, very common on Samsung's. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the customer just doesn't want to do the repair because it doesn't make sense to them, right. right? I you're asking me to pay $200 or $220 for a repair on my Samsung, I'd rather just buy a phone. Right. Oh, you know what? That's right, Susie. You know, how about I offer you this other phone instead, right? right? It's only $250. Right. And then I can buy your old phone from you Absolutely. to offset that cost. Absolutely. Right. Guess what you just did. Boom. You just converted and made money on a sale. Plus, you got a device that you could refurbish and resell to mm. the next customer that comes right. in. Or exactly. you could parts harvest to lower your, your inventory. Exactly. Man, there's a lot of different ways to slice this baby up.
0: But, but this is where and, and this is where in the classroom we used to talk about a lot. We used to talk about the difference between working in your business and working on your business. And a lot of what Josh is talking about is actually taking the time to work on your business. Like this doesn't just happen by through osmosis, right? This isn't just something uh, because you're doing cell phone repair or any business for that matter that you just move into without proper strategic thought on how to do it, Uh, such as sales scripts, things like that, like how to sell, uh, what to sell. These things take time and you have to work on it. What we always say work on it, right? You have to understand how to right. sell. There's a there's a method there's to, this, to, to, to this madness yeah. of and, selling, yes. and you really have to understand how that's done strategically, and you have to take time to do it. Now, the challenge with that, obviously, is if you're moving from, say, stage one to stage two, this is where a lot of people actually get lost in the sauce, right? Because they're not doing that, or they haven't practiced that, or they get conditioned because they don't have to necessarily, or they're not doing that in stage zero or stage one. And so when they commit, because the demand is, uh, is there for the commitment, and they go, you know what? I'm going to commit. I'm going to hire people. I'm going to take on more uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take on, I'm going to sign this lease, yep, right? Overhead. <laughs> overhead, right? Now you're in this place where you've committed to, to, to sales. This is why we're really harping on so I know we're harping on sales a lot for this, but it's important because you've committed to the sale. Now you have to make the sale in order to cover the nut each and every month. Right and the expectation uh, from your employees and your customers. So again, what we used to talk about in the classroom a lot is that transition in your mind to take the time to work on your business and not just in your business. Because in stage zero and stage one, a lot of times people are working in their business. They're maintaining right. their their demand and their requirements. Well, you're focused on the service. Exactly. You're right? on the service. And that's and, usually and what it is. And training. Yeah. You're, and exactly. And but you're that focused on the early stage stuff exactly. of
1: like how do I provide the service that I'm here to provide, which is important, right? But as you scale and as you hit stage two for revenue, if you want to push beyond this, remember, that's what we're focused on, is how to push beyond this, because this is going to be your biggest hurdle, is how to become a sales-focused organization, right? Which means that your conversations... With internally and what you focus on should right. be less about how to repair something mm-hmm. and more about how do I sell stuff, mm-hmm. right? How do I make sure I'm selling more? How do I, how do I convert more people? Right. Not even so much how am I driving leads in because that's a constant ongoing, by the right. way, but that's right. not your biggest hurdle at this stage. You right. probably have already figured out some ways right. to generate leads on a consistent basis, right. but now what it is is you're not converting those leads well enough, right? Right. It's one thing again. It's it's a vanity thing, right? right? It's a vanity thing to say, oh, you know, I've got you know a hundred phone calls a day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. We've seen that. But how many of those phone calls are are turning into paid customers? Exactly. Right. If you're only converting ten of those customers a day, right. that's a ten percent conversion rate. Right. You got some work to do. Exactly. Right. You got exactly. some work to do. So yeah, you exactly. need to really go to work and sharpen your pencil to figure out how can I be more persuasive mm-hmm. to convert these leads into more sales. Yes. Again, I feel like. I'm harping that, but again. It's
0: that important because it's the commitment. Yes. This stage is the commitment. You've really committed to the responsibility of the overhead that you have to pay each and every month. And that's not going to stop. Right. And so if you don't know how, and this is where we see and the reason why, and I'm glad we're harping on it because what we see, we see this to be the biggest, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but I've seen this to be the biggest fail point. Yes. For most people in this business, it's this particular transition where people actually start to go. In the wrong direction. Yes. They yeah, usually they start to backpedal, right? Yes. Because
1: either, here's, here's how it works, right? One of two things. Either they feel like, oh, well, I know what the next thing to do is. Let me just open another location,
0: mm-hmm. mm.
1: right? Let yes. me open another location because I feel like we've maxed out. Right. Like we're, we're hitting good revenue numbers, but I want to increase my revenue. Right. So the quickest way to do that is to open another location. <laughs> Which, which can be the quickest way to... It could be a spiral to death. For sure. Right? 100%. Because if you're not a sales-focused organization, yes. now what you're doing is you're spreading yourself, who's probably the sales generator. Right. You're spreading yourself too thin between physical locations. Mm-hmm. Right? So now it's harder for you to generate those sales. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get those leads converted mm-hmm. because you're not there doing the sales. Right. And whoever you left behind might not be good at sales, especially if they're a technician. Right. Right? So yeah. there's some things to balance here exactly. that you really have to focus on. So to that point, it's a very important point that yeah. you bring up, man, because yeah. it's so true that a lot of times by not being focused on sales, mm-hmm. we focus on the wrong thing right. as far as what we think it's going to take to grow. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We have, me and Frank, you say all the time, what's the biggest way to solve a problem? Throw money at it. Right. Right? That is not always the answer. Right. Right? That sometimes is a quick way to – to burn through a lot of money, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, again, sales.
0: And I'll tell you one of the biggest things that I remember. One of the biggest problems, you know, I love stories, but one yeah. of the biggest problems we used to have, uh, and I remember, I remember you and Frank talking about this all the time, is how do we inspire or incentivize our employees who we've now obviously hired in this stage, right, to actually sell, right, right, as opposed to just repair, right, right? Because what we would have, and what you guys may face That's a, a lot point, of times, yeah. is the, the the combination of tasks, That a technician typically does in this stage of business, which means you have such limited resources of people that people are wearing several hats. So your technician at some point has to be your sales team. That's right. Right. And so with that, a lot of times what you'll find, what you guys are going to find is technicians like to fix things. Right. They're they're not multifaceted a lot of times. And what happens is when. As you as the owner, obviously, you need them to sell when you're not there or you need them to sell mm-hmm. upsell. You need to you need to get them motivated to to ask for more right, or sell more. Right. And a lot of times a guy who's earning a paycheck. Right. Who's going to get the same paycheck regardless of what, you know, he he does in terms of the time. Right. That he's on the clock or however you choose to pay your guy. Right. It may be no incentive there to actually upsell. Right yeah, in, a lot of times they're right, not. Right. Uh, we ran
1: into that, too, where <laughs> right. where when you're away, yeah. the technicians are turning away people. <laughs> Cause
0: right? Because right.
1: they're like, oh, man, I'm already backed up as far as the amount of repairs we got in the queue. Right. So
0: it takes time to upsell. That's time. right. Yes.
1: Yes. That's right yes. so that's another problem is that they don't like to spend the time with the customers necessary to exactly. explain the solutions and get them comfortable with what makes them easy to convert into a sale exactly right so exactly. some challenges yeah, there's some challenges there's some challenges this is
0: definitely that transition that you know people get caught up in and we just really I know we're harping on the sales guys but that is the biggest part of this commitment you are committing to the sale when you go into stage what we call two of the new employees. Yeah. Right?
1: Again, at this point, you're no longer a repair organization. <laughs> right. You're a sales organization. You're a sales
0: organization. Right? Exactly. And that's
1: what. that's how you need to think of yourself is yes. that you are a sales organization and your job is to sell repair services exactly. and everything related to it.
0: Exactly. Right? That's success at yeah. the end of the day. It's not how well you can repair it. It's, it's typically what we've seen is the best repair person isn't the guy who wins. He isn't the most successful guy. It's the guy who can sell the best, the guy who has mm-hmm. the best – uh, sales techniques—the guy who runs his business the best in terms of uh, working on his business instead of working in his business. Yes, the technical skill is important, but the technical without the ability to actually grow your business and and do what we we've been talking about, uh, which is grow your business and sell. Right? You're gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna last. You're not gonna win. You have to always be growing, and you have to always be increasing your sales. And that right. takes time. That takes thought. That takes strategy. That takes understanding your customer, understanding your market, understanding their likes, you know, getting feedback, right? Yep. That's one thing that we really put a lot of focus on yep. is getting feedback from our customers to understand what they like, what they didn't like, um, you know, what, what drove them to buy, what drove them not to buy, yeah. right? And also so another another key
1: point in that, right? Another differentiator between stage one and stage two, and they kind of go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Because leads and sales attract. Mm-hmm. You got to make sure you're attracting the right kind of customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Because sometimes you might figure out that you're driving a lot of leads, right? But you're driving in leads that are not gonna spend money with you. Right. Right? Yes. That are that are just deal shopping. Right. Right. Car tire level, kickers. There's levels to those there's leads. There's levels right? to this thing. <laughs> there's <laughs> there's le- levels to this thing. There's levels to those leads, yeah.
0: baby. All leads aren't equal. Right. Right? That's for sure. Yes, sir. Right. And it just again, it depends on what type of customer you're you're wanting to serve. And, you know, what you're offering, right? You really got to understand who your customer is, right. what we call your customer avatar. Yeah. Who is your ideal persona. customer? Yeah. Your
1: customer persona.
0: Exactly. Who is your who is your ideal customer and do you really want to take the time? Let's give them an example of that. You think we got time? Remember when we did the... Uh, well,
1: it's, it's, man, it's so easy to point <laughs> out, right? And and it's funny because
0: right. I know anybody
1: in the business has right. probably tried this, right? Right. And, there's ways to work, so don't get this. Don't take this wrong, and I'm please don't take this and run with this if if you're not, you know, in a place where you can do this, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we were running Groupon ads mm-hmm. for a while.
0: I didn't even say it, guys. I knew he was. Right. I knew he knew exactly what I was yeah. talking about when I said, "Let's give him an example." Yeah, we Groupon were running. On we
1: were running Groupon ads, <laughs> and man, you know, you want to talk about learning about customer avatars? <laughs> we, we learned really quickly about customer avatars, right? right so right. there's a couple of customers that. I learned really quickly right. that it's not a bad customer, it's not a bad but it was guy. different than the type of customer we were used to serving. Exactly. And what it turned into was a large amount of customers right. and leads, Right, right? Which, but a which, very which was exciting. Which you, presume, you assume to be great. Like, right. Like,
0: man, we're getting a lot of leads. Right.
1: But at the same time, we're doing it for less margin. Exactly. Right. Because we got to give Groupon exactly. a percentage number, of that. Number one. Right. So yeah, we're doing more volume, but we're making less money per, Working. which is, Working harder, working harder, spending more stressing time, the more, <laughs> <Exactly. right? laughs> stressing the team out more, right? Stressing the team yeah. out more, right? For what was really the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. You know, so for for me, it it took us a second to kind of step back and figure out. Okay, I see. There's a difference here, right? Because our normal customer, we were lo- our, at this location when we were running this, right? Uh, it was in a very well-to-do area, right? right? Average median income of ninety thousand, right? Right. So it's not. It's not a, a typical area by any means, right. um, and it was a different type of clientele that would come in there. Mm-hmm. This was a way different clientele yeah, that right. was coming in from Groupon, for Jack. Sure. Let me tell you, sure. you want to talk about impatient yes. and Ex- demanding. Expectation. Super high. Yes. Right? So we're not prepared for that type of customer whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? So that really goes back to drive the importance of customer personas. Now, right. what we did is obviously we, we readjusted, right. right? And we came up with a new sales strategy. Right. Right to make that work. Right? right, we had this was before Groupon had uh, scheduling in place and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. we created a calendar scheduling so people could put their appointments in place, right. and we created this whole automated sales script on the front end mm-hmm. to allow that customer to really be set an expectation of what is next, right. How this is going to work. Yes. Part two of that is realize really quickly that the Groupon customer is a deal shopper. <laughs> Right? Right. At the end of the day, the only reason they bought this, they've been walking around with a broken phone for a long time. The reason they did it is because it was a killer deal.
0: A proud deal shopper, may I add? Yes. Yes.
1: So what do you give a proud deal shopper? Right. Another deal. Yes. Right? So then what we figured out was let's put some specials together for the Groupon customers when they come in, right? And we offered those as upsells, mm-hmm. which were killer one-time offer deals since mm-hmm. they were there doing the repair mm-hmm. that they couldn't find anywhere else, right. right? And what it did is it pushed our margins back up, right? right? Yes. But it took some experimentation and a little bit of pain and to man, figure that we out. We
0: had to learn that. And we learned it the hallway, but it was good in the end. We did learn, we understood the importance of, like you said, understanding who our customer persona, right, uh, who it, what that is, what that looks like, and how to handle that. And again, you guys will probably go through that. And a lot of this depends on where you are uh, in this in, in, in this process, where you are in regards to your geographical location, mm-hmm. right uh, what you can offer, what you can't offer, you got to really understand that to figure it out. but sometimes you have to go through that yes that, that, that trepidation, that heat that, that, that discovery, right to understand what to do and how to make this. Yeah, same, and you right? can't
1: be afraid. one of the things that is so important, guys, keep this in mind. Fail fast, mm-hmm. fail fast, yeah. do not be afraid to try things, right, but what you want to do is try it and fail if it's going to fail, yeah and fail quickly, so you learn the lesson quickly, and you dust yourself off, yeah, and you go try it again, right, try the next iteration of it, try the next version of it, right right that's better, stronger, you know, and more well equipped right but that is the goal. don't be afraid to try things because you know that's what we did yes that this road was not paved for us back right. in the day like. Right. I'm telling you, it's funny because on the forums and things today, you see a lot that sounds like it's old hat. Right. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this right. is what you're doing. This, this right. is how right. these customers. Man, back in 2008, 2009, bro, this was not paved. Right. We yeah. figured out a lot. yes, And we went
0: through a lot of pain to figure those things out. And those principles are still the same. I'll give you one example of principle. Like Josh is saying, fail fast. But the, what you want to do is you always want to test small. Yes. Right. Test small. And then if it works, go big. Exactly. So that yeah. way, if you if you fail on the test, it's not so substantial that you can't recover. Right. So it's very important to test small. For yeah. example, We call it pilots. Yeah. The group right. on example that Josh just gave. Right. It would have been uh, ideal for us to test that very small kind of in a sample size so we can get an idea of what the problems or the struggles would be. Before, which we did. Which we did. We were forced to stop it because <laughs> there were <was> so many. <laughs> right. Exactly. So we did. We it cut it like, off. Oh, wait, yeah, we wait, 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 cut wait, it off. Wait, 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 But that's the idea. The idea is if you do get an idea and you want to test it, test small. If it works, get a little bigger. If it works, get a little bigger. If it works, get a little bigger. So you can start to manage that increase very linearly. Right? That's very important for you guys to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. In right. fact,
1: I mean we do that Till this day with everything we do, right? We call it pilots. Mm -hmm. Anytime we come up with an idea, we run a pilot, Mm -hmm. right? They do it in TV, man, Mm -hmm. right? They do a couple of episodes. It's the pilot, right? It's the pilot,
0: right? Right, because you're just trying it out to see if it's going to fly. Right, right. Right. And you can tell it's very under budget, right? So it's very cheap. It's done on the, you know, it's not... We don't throw all. everything. You don't, day, don't put all the resources you don't behind put all it. All the resources behind it. It's just kind of let's get the look and feel. Yeah, right? and you do enough to are. see
1: if it's going to work exactly. and what the feedback is and whether it makes sense for you exactly. and your goals and your business. 100%. Right. And then once you get those results, put some gas behind 100%. it and some gas go. Gas
0: behind it. Right. So, so Josh, I I think we are we going into a uh, question today. We're at the thirty minute mark. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Man, it's, it's, it's tough because it, we yeah, we've
1: let's... got a question today that I think. <laughs> Ties into that really well. Right. Um,
0: but I have a feeling it's going to be like another 20-minute conversation. I do, too. So, this, I think this one's going to go long. So what, we can continue it. I mean, we can tie it to this one if we, if we want. You know, it's really up to what we want to do at this point and what we think. Because what I don't want to do is we don't want to short you guys the information. Right. right. And so we want to make it crystal clear. Um, so we don't want to give you half of it here and, you know, be in a place where we right. got to. Well, know. let's
1: do this. Let's let's dive in. Okay. and. I, what I don't want to do is short the answer. Right, exactly. Right. That's, I don't want to
0: short the answer. That's exactly what I was saying.
1: But we need to short the time. Right. Right? Because it's just the right thing to do for us. But I do want to address it. So okay. today's question comes from uh William Midget, right? Who's a student of ours? Um a new student, right? Nice name, William. Yeah. <laughs> Williams. <laughs> I almost thought it was Midget. I was like, no, no, stop. <laughs> the Williams. Williams. Yeah, so his question goes like this. He says, hey, I'm, I'm nine months into this trade as a business. Right. Um, I use cash for everything. Mm-hmm. I'm about to open my first storefront. So that's important, right? I'm about to. So he's doing it as a trade, yeah. which means he's probably been side gigging or something like that. He's, he's about employer. to open his first storefront.
0: New employer. Uh, gotcha.
1: Largest problem I'm having is inventory. I cannot afford 20 dollars phones or five $900 phones, which is the minimum Order quantity. He says uh, minimum MOQ, which is minimum order quantity from whatever suppliers that right. he's dealing with. As far so as obviously,
0: he wants to resell device,
1: right? Okay. Exactly. So, what do I do? I have folks coming to me left and right wanting high end phones with cash, but they do not want to wait until I order it. Right. Please help.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay.
1: So, William, fantastic question. That is a great. Right? question. And I'm going to try to give you the Reader's Digest version of what I think I would do if I was in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Again, I'll rewind real quickly back to when the road was not paved for us in the service business back in the day. Right. Right? Uh, What I saw people in other markets doing, and I still see it today, right, is people were coming in with their devices, leaving the devices, you do the repair. Um, If the repair is not, you know, if it's non-repairable or BER, Right. right, a lot of times customers wouldn't come back for the devices. Right. Right? Or it'd be like pulling teeth trying to convince that customer to pay you right, right for something that was non-repairable. Right, for your time. Right. Yeah. So we flipped the model, mm-hmm. right? And we went to you pay in advance for the repair, right? right. Which, till this day, every time we teach anybody the strategy, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. The cash conversion cycle, which we'll dive into in another episode, right? right. put a pin in that one. right, Right? Cash conversion cycle is important, man, because – It's all about how quickly you can convert a sale to cash, Mm -hmm. right? It's one thing for me to say, yeah, I sell you. Mm -hmm. But basically, if you're doing something where it's net terms, right, right, there's a delay in that. And I bring that up because there's a strategy behind how you convince people to pay you up front for something, right? right? And the reason why I thought this was a fitting question for today's show is because this is a sales problem, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I know it feels like an inventory problem, but this is a sales process problem Mm -hmm. because – what I think there's two ways of going about this, right? If you've got customers coming to you left and right that want to buy phones, right. you need to solve this problem because you're leaving a lot of money on the table. Absolutely. Right, number one. 100%. So the easy answer would be go get a line of credit. Right. Get a line. You got people coming to you left and right, get a line of credit, use a credit card, do whatever you need to do, right? And I'm not advocating anybody to get into debt. But okay. if you've got customers banging on your door that want to buy something from you, that's right. a pretty safe bet. Yeah. That, hey, if I leverage this, right, and I do a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of credit leverage, how hard is it for me to be able to turn around and sell that inventory? You're right. going to be able to sell it pretty quickly. Right. So that's not a big deal. Part two of it is how do you leverage your ability to sell that device mm-hmm. and convince them to wait? Right. Right? Right. Now, that's, a, that's an effective sales script. Or, you know, because at the end of the day, what you're saying is, People see no value in buying a phone from you versus buying a phone from this individual around the corner. Right. 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 So how do you come up with a way, can you come up with a creative way to add more value to make someone want to wait? Right. Right. Can you add a warranty? Can you do something special? Can you throw in maybe a case or something that is out of the ordinary that they don't get from anywhere else that makes them willing to wait? Right. Even if you make a reduced margin. What you're saying at the end of the day is you have the opportunity to capitalize on sales. Right. So I'd be okay taking a reduced margin to have you pay me up front. Right. I don't need to make as much when I'm using your money to leverage to buy my inventory. Right. I can make less. Right. Right. And as I do that more and more, eventually I can use your money to purchase my inventory, so then I can change my strategy and you're up all later. Ways ahead. So, right. so
0: I think effectively what you just gave people is a is a kind of a blueprint of how to transition from uh, being cash strapped right. right if that's the right if that's the right terminology not having the cash right right to to invest in the opportunity right and then transition that into but you got to do it really responsibly yeah right yeah this is this is, this yeah, is art this is not science <laughs> so i can't <laughs> right
1: i can't tell you exactly. i mean i could if we were yeah. one-on-one and i could coach you to help you with this yeah blueprint but there's there's a way to do this right. uh, till this day right Right. One of the things that we've always done in our stores as well is we've always been able to convince people to wait. Right. If there was something that we didn't have in stock for a repair, right. excuse me, I never ever had a problem getting anybody to wait right. to order a part. Right. Ever. Right. right? Once we figured this system out, yeah. never ever was there a problem waiting for anybody else. Right. Right. Even if the guy down the street had the part in stock, right, people would wait for our service. Yeah. All the time. Right. Right? And till this day, I hear people all the time, well, people don't want to wait. They'll go around the corner. Right. Again, it depends on the type of customer you're attracting. Exactly. And it depends on the rapport that you're building with that customer when you're there, convincing them why you are the best solution Mm -hmm. and they should not go anywhere else. Because at the end of the day, guys, this is not a commodity business. This is a service business. Right. Right? It's the same reason why when I take my car somewhere... I don't just go anywhere. Right. I will wait because I like to deal with my particular service advisor Mm -hmm. and I trust that they're not going to rip me off. Man, you know the other example? Dentist. Right. 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 I, till this day, fly back to Arizona to go to the dentist. I don't even go to dentist here, right, because of the rapport yes. that's been built with this dentist e- exactly. over time. That's
0: funny because we're going back to Arizona here in just a, a Just a few while. days, yeah. And I'm thinking right now, I'm thinking, hey, I need to make a dentist. Yeah, I'm, I'm going into the dentist, me, right? man. My, like My dentist is in Arizona, and we're sitting here in Dallas. Yeah, right? like,
1: man, there's the hundreds of dentists exactly. here, right? But well, why do I not? Because the relationship.
0: the relationship, right,
1: it's, that individual and his business have done a good enough job to convince me to wait. To wait. Till I go back to Arizona, which I do. I actually make trips specifically to go to the dentist. Which, I've
0: rearranged my schedule for that. Which is even more expensive, I might add. Right. Right? Because you could probably get the same thing in terms of cleaning or whatever it right. is done here.
1: You know why, though? I trust him. You trust Right? Him. Exactly. He's not going to rip me off. Exactly. He's not going to tell me I have a cavity when I don't. Right. He's not going to try to pull a tooth and tell me that I've got something right. that I don't have. He's not going to sell me something I don't need. Right. Right? And. He 's done that throughout the years by being consistent, right. right because I found him after I did some some work, right, right? I, I went to other places and other people were trying to tell me I needed work I didn't need right. Are you seeing a, a trend here? Maybe we can copy, mm-hmm. and that's my point right. is you can do the exact same thing in this business, man. William, trust me on this. Mm-hmm refine your sales script right think about ways you can add value to your commodity mm-hmm. what you're thinking someone can buy from anywhere i'm telling you there's a reason they would prefer to buy from you you just have to figure out what that is bundle it into a nice pretty little package right and this money problem will disappear as far and, as buying and, inventory
0: right and then have the confidence to use very responsibly the resources you have so like josh stated you may need to use your credit right that's what it's there for right but again you have to You have to make sure that you strategically thought it out, you understand what your plan is, and you execute your plan to the T, right? Being very responsible in your resources, right? This is where a lot of people get in trouble because they start to kind of, you know, kind of, you know, they they don't, they they get away from the plan, right? right? And they don't stick to the plan. And a lot of times it just takes one mishap or one thing to get you off the plan. And the next thing you know, you find yourself in a place you didn't want to be. So if you are going to be using a strategy that you're really not fond of in terms of using credit to establish uh, your inventory or whatever you need, just make sure you have the plan laid out and then execute the plan to the T. But strategically think about what that looks like, and which is what Josh is talking about, and come up with a plan, uh, whatever plan that is for you, and execute that plan to the to the T. Man, I tell you. Should you should be fine. To
1: that point, I'll tell you this, right? Right. One of the things that I learned from a mentor long ago when I was in the real estate business, right, he said actually one of the biggest blessings in business is not having money. Right. Because it forces you to be creative. Exactly. It forces you to think out of the box to solve problems that most people would just throw money at.
0: Exactly. Right. And you see it happening all the time. And it doesn't matter how much money people have. Guys, we work around people who have lots of money. Uh, we've been around people who've had tons of money, business guys, very savvy business guys. And a lot of times we can see that difference. Like people who actually, you know, throw money at problems and try to figure things out sometimes, right, with the money, right, as opposed to really taking the time to understand what the issue is. Right. And a lot of times, like Josh said, not having the money, right, forces you uh, to actually be creative and think about and really sit down and understand, all right, strategically what are three different ways I can actually attack this problem? Right? right. As opposed to just one, which is let's throw some money at it. Right, exactly. You see it all, you see yeah, all so the time. Yeah, so
1: again, William, what I would say is get your thinking cap on. Right. Sharpen your pencil, right, and figure out a way to add value to the commodity and make people want to wait in line to buy from you right. as opposed to going somewhere else. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I
0: don't know one strategy we actually have before we wrap up is we would have people commit to the product before, before it even came in. Yeah. Right? And I think you might have mentioned that just now. But we well, we that was to a launch that. strategy yeah, yeah, that we yeah, did, and yeah. we do that all the time here right, at the right, school, right? right? But it's
1: the same thing where yeah. people pay in advance for things that they're waiting for.
0: Exactly. Right? And they're not going to go anywhere else. They're going right. to wait on it, obviously, because now they have some skin in the game. Right. Right? Now I've committed to it, so to speak, because I've paid for it. There was a transaction that happened.
1: Right. Right? But in addition, it was always bundled with some exclusive bonuses and some exclusive access exactly. that you didn't get if you were just a normal you know, buyer, exactly. right? Because exactly. you were an early adopter, you got something special. Yeah. So I would, I would challenge you to come up with the right. same
0: thing. Yeah. We used to do that with parts, remember? Or yeah, we would, you know, there's a down payment for the part, right? Because exactly. You got to wait on it. Right? right. So you commit to it. Right. Which means you're not going to go anywhere else. You're going to come back here. Right. By the exactly. Even payment. if it
1: wasn't paying in advance, you had right. at least pay a deposit that <laughs> covers <laughs> the cost of the
0: part, exactly. Right. And then you pay
1: the balance when you come back yeah. in. Exactly. So there's a lot of creative ways yeah. again, Put on your thinking cap, yep. sharpen your pencil. Figure it out. You can figure this one out.
0: That was a great question, William, by the way. I really appreciate that question. Yeah, man. Like I said, I think it was perfect because
1: it fits right in there because clearly, right, it's this leads to sales conversation, which right. is why I thought this was a really great question. Thank you for asking that, William, again, right. uh, because I think a lot of people in the repair community are going to get some value out of that. And hopefully, we did a decent enough job of yeah. addressing that and you got some
0: value out of that as well. Yeah. So we're right at 45 minutes? Yeah, man, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's wrap it up. All right, guys, uh, thanks for the questions. Thanks for joining us again. Where do we want people to go and check us out at, Josh?
1: CellularRepairSchool.com. Yes, sir. Right? Um, obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you know where to find this, but there's a lot more out there. Make sure you check us out on social. Yes. Right? Right? leave some comments post some things look for the hashtag #RepairRight, right, repair right. right exactly. because i missed, I missed it you time. missed i was waiting <laughs> on y'all i was leading you in on that one man. i was thinking too much man yeah i was leading you in on that yeah, one yeah. but again you know again that's that's the whole goal of this thing guys is it's not just about how you do it it's right. about doing things the right, right. way right. right so again hashtag right. repair right. Right. Exactly. until next episode ask Will and josh see you guys on the next one we're out <laughs> see you guys have a good one